ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to allah for guiding us to islam and for guiding us to the sunnah qala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitabihi al-karim innamal mu'minuna ikhwah fa aslihu bayna akhawaykum wattaqullaha la'allakum turhamun allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says what translated means verily the believers they are none but brothers one to another so rectify between your brothers and fear Allah so that you may attain mercy ya ibadullah the concept of group solidarity is a very important concept in the deen of al-islam if any community wants to be successful then there has to be a level of group solidarity between that community communities will never be successful if they are plagued with infighting division strife and the like so as muslims we need to really seriously contemplate over this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us that we are brothers and that we have a brotherhood inside of the deen and right there then it shows you that which will bind us together and that is the deen that we come together due to the religion this is explained in allah ta'ala's statement wa'tasimu bihabrillahi jami'an wa la tafarraqu allah ta'ala he says and come all of you together upon the rope of allah all of you come together upon the rope of allah 
and do not separate, do not divide. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes it abundantly clear what we are to unify upon. We don't come together because we are all from the same land. We don't come together because we all look the same. We don't come together because we all speak the same language. But rather we come together because we have the same deen. We have the same aqidah. We have the same minhaj. We have the same belief system. That which brought the sahaba together and unified them, then this is that which will bring us together and unify us. And that which did not bring them together, nor was it a key component or a component to begin with in their unity, then you will find that these things, likewise for us, then they will not be components of our unity. They will not be binding factors. So it is important as Muslims that we understand this because especially as Muslims living here in the West, we have to have a greater sense of group solidarity. Now, it is not my intention to come and to talk about in this sitting the ways in which we will implement this. That is not my intention. But my intention is to highlight the fact of its importance, that it is important for us to come together. And the reason that I take this approach in this particular class are twofold. One, we operate as if we do not see the importance of this concept of unity and having solidarity amongst the Muslims. We operate as if we are looking for the slightest provocation to justify disunity, to justify discord, to justify rancor, so on and so forth, boycotting and the like. And this is an unfortunate trend that, although it may be more prevalent in certain communities as than in others, it is still something that generally has crippled the Muslims. So from that standpoint, it is important that we are reminded of the importance of unity and its effect upon society as a whole. The second reason that I don't want to get into speaking about exactly how it is implemented is because specific situations will have specific rulings. And in each of these cases, the situation will have to be looked at and examined upon its own merit. And such an analysis will require a scholarly approach and will require referring back to the scholars of the religion in each and every one of these situations so that we can get some guidelines as to how we should proceed in this specific situation. So there is not a, a one-size-fits-all type of implementation that could be offered because there are nuances and things of that nature, looking at the pros and the cons, looking at the fulfillment of that which is desirable and the repelling of that which is undesirable, and in some cases looking at the less of the two evils, 
so on and so forth. All of these things have to be examined, right? So I don't want anyone to think that there's just a one-size-fits-all approach and then that's it. Because if we were to come together just for the sake of coming together, if we were to come together by putting our differences aside and then quote-unquote coming together, then this will be in, in actuality setting the seeds for disunity and discord. Why? Because human beings do not have the ability to set their differences to a side. They will come back up. So even if initially the differences, quote-unquote, are set to the side, they will rear their heads and manifest later and cause disunity. And this is why when it comes to differences, those differences that are ideological differences, those differences and those affairs that we are not allowed to differ in, then they are not tolerated, nor are they permitted. So, for example, could the Sunni unite with the Shi'i? No way. No way. How can you unite with an individual who makes takfir of Abu Bakr and Umar? How could you unite with an individual who speaks vilely about our mother Aisha, radiyallahu ta'ala anha? There is no uniting with the likes of these individuals, period. Another example, could the Sunni unite with the Khariji? Could the Sunni come together and unite with a member of Al-Qaeda or Al-Shabaab? or ISIS, Daesh, could we unite with the likes of these individuals, these Khawarij? Then the answer is no, never. Never can we unite with the likes of these individuals. These individuals, as the Prophet wasallam described them, that they are the dogs of the hellfire. So how can there ever be unity with, between a Sunni and a dog of the hellfire? Never. Never. Unapologetically, no. Never. So, there is no such thing as coming together for the sake of coming together, and that's what's going to bring about unity. That will never bring about unity. The only thing that will bring about unity is uniting upon the book and the sunnah, upon the understanding of the salaf of this ummah. That's the only thing that will bring unity. Because that is the habl of Allah, uniting upon the Qur'an, uniting upon the sunnah as properly understood. And how do we know it's proper understanding? Because this was the understanding of the sahaba that was taught to them by the Prophet ﷺ. This is the only thing that will bring about unity, period. Okay? So because of what was aforementioned, it is not my intention here to come and speak about the manner of implementation of group solidarity as if to give a one-size-fits-all solution and answer. No, because I understand there's, there's too many aspects, it's too dynamic for that. But the general concept and what will unite us is that we come together upon the book and the sunnah as understood by the sahaba. Okay? The aspect I want to look at 
is all of those individuals who claim to have this way, all of those individuals who profess that this is their methodology and what they are upon, then the question becomes how come we don't see a greater degree of unity? Now, there are a lot of answers as relates to this, and it's not the intention to come here and to speak about that. But it is to spark the mind, bithnilahi ta'ala, and to give food for thought for those individuals who they are professing that this is their methodology. Okay? Group solidarity and unity this is what we are called to as muslims this is what we are called to as muslims and we understand that there are situations and that there are individuals and groups who we will never unite with as in the aforementioned two examples of the shia and the khawarij there's no uniting with the shi'i and there's no uniting with the khariji and utilize that as a frame of reference and you can bring in other names into that, insert, and so on and so forth. Now, so there are certain groups, we don't, you will never have unity with them, period. Okay? But we're speaking about now is that origin amongst the Muslims, amongst those who profess to be upon the same methodology of the book and the sunnah upon the understanding of the self of this ummah, and how having group solidarity amongst this demographic of the society, how that will bring about good and how that will bring about success and prosperity. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنْ لِلْمُؤْمِنْ كَالْبُنْيَانِ يَشُدُّ بَعْضُهُ بَعْضًا that verily the believer to the believer is like a structure, is like a wall. Yashuddu ba'duhu ba'da. It reinforces itself. One part helps to support the other. Washabbaka asabi'a. And the Prophet put his hands together. As it comes in the hadith of Abu Musa al Ash'ari. So the believer is supposed to be one who they support the other believer. And this is our methodology. The one who is Sunni, Salafi. This is our methodology. Is that we have love and support for other believers. That we have love and we have support for other believers. Or women in general. Anyone who fits that bill, who fits that description then we have love and support for them. We have an alliance for them because they are believers, okay? Some portions of it reinforcing and supporting other portions. The Prophet ﷺ, in this hadith, he described to us the origin of which the community is supposed to be built upon the origin of which the society is supposed to be built upon, ma'am, is that the Islamic society 
it has to be built upon this strong foundation. This foundation of what? A brotherhood. Now, this is in general, okay? But again, specifically those who are claiming that they are upon the sunnah, I want you to reflect. I want you to reflect. Because Ahlu Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, they are the most knowledgeable of the people about the Sunnah. And they are the most merciful of the Muslims to the Muslims. So I want you to reflect because undoubtedly we're supposed to understand this better. We're supposed to have a better understanding of this concept. Okay? Alakullihal, as the ulama they mention, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his noble book, he explains this to us and he informs us of this reality. فَقَدَ أَخْبَرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي كِتَابِهِ الْكِرِيمِ أَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِخْوَةِ فِي الدِّينِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has verily, he has informed us in his noble book that the believers, then they are brothers in the deen. The believers, they are brothers in the deen. So those social ills and those flaws in one's character, those character flaws, such as enmity, hiqt, wal-bughd, na'am, such as uh, hatred and malice that one will have for another believer, then this has to be done away with. Why? Because this will erode that group of, or that concept of group solidarity. It will erode that. It will erode our unity. Likewise, what, what, that which is necessitated by this brotherhood is that what? Is that we have to have love and compassion for one another. Naam? We have to have love and compassion for one another. Al-muhabba fi ma baynana. That we have to have love between us. Al-tanasur. And we have to help and aid and assist one another. Naam? All of this is required to have brotherhood. All of this is required to strengthen our group solidarity. So group solidarity, the establishment of brotherhood, is something that is tremendously important. Now, I want you to reflect upon those communities who claim to be upon the sunnah. Them, those communities who profess to be upon the sunnah. And when I say claim to be upon the sunnah, I'm not trying to hint or imply that there are some of the communities that are not upon the sunnah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that putting the light upon those who profess the sunnah, then undoubtedly you're going to be held to a higher standard. Those individuals who say that they are the people of the sunnah, then undoubtedly you're going to be held to a higher standard. Naam? So we have to raise the bar or we have to rise to meet that standard that is required if we truly, in fact, want to be successful. So I just want you to think about that. Those communities who say they're upon sunnah, look at this concept and how well it has been or has not been implemented and reflect. If this concept is implemented properly and correctly, what kind of success do you imagine we will see within our communities? Again, this is just food for thought. And I want everyone to seriously think about this amongst themselves. This is just food for thought. I want everyone to think about this amongst ourselves. In the past few decades or what have you, if we were 
100% on point in our assessment of who we are and how we move. Will we have seen what we have seen? Or should we have expected more? These are answers I leave for you to answer amongst yourselves, bithnillahi ta'ala. Ala kulli hal, Ibn Khaldun, in his muqaddimah, he brings up a concept of group solidarity. In his terminology, he terms it as asabiyya. It is not, he did not mean by the asabiyya that we understand in modern um, terminology or outside this context when, it, when we hear asabiyya. He, he didn't intend it like this. But what he speaks about is a group solidarity. Okay? This is explained and this is a core concept as he wrote as relates to the rise and decline of civilizations. That when you have group solidarity, that the Muslims having unity, when this is there, and the Muslims are on the same page, for lack of a better term, then this lends to the rise of those said societies um, and the like, right? But when you find that this concept, that the unity starts to break down and they start to lose the concept of group solidarity and they start to have infighting amongst themselves, fractions and splitting amongst themselves, then this lends to the decline of the civilizations. Because you have to remember, Ibn Khaldun, he wrote from the aspect of analyzing history. It wasn't his intention just to speak about history, but it was more to look at it from a sociological standpoint. What led to the success of these nations and what led to the downfall? What were some things that that were common elements in successful nations and what were some common elements in why nations crumbled. So in his analysis, he saw that when there was group solidarity, when there was unity, then you find that communities, they were successful, right? Be that kingdoms, you know, so on and so forth. You find that they were successful. And when that started to break, a, break down, and if one wants to look at what were some of the causes of the decline, then a common element was a breakdown in their unity, a breakdown in their group solidarity. Okay. He also mentioned that this was also a source of their economical development and their political stability was their unity, the strength of their unity. And when their unity started to depart, then their economical development was stalled and subsequently started to crumble, likewise with their political stability and the like. So he emphasized this part, that the importance of having a sense of group solidarity, Nam, and we understand our group solidarity is based upon our deen, is based upon our aqidah and our minhaj. We understand this, okay? But in any event, he, he emphasized the importance of this sense of solidarity 
that as groups, meaning here the Muslims, we ought to have. Okay? And when I mean the Muslims, I don't mean the black Muslims, you know, have this sense of identity, but not the white Muslims. I don't mean the Arab and not the um, Indo-Pakistani. No. All of the Muslims, whether they're black, white, Arab, Indo-Pak, Latin, whatever the case is. Muslim, Muslim. That's it. That we have to be together. And he, he, he writes that this state of solidarity, it, it makes individuals identify with the group to the sense that they subordinate their own personalities and interests for the sake of the group interests. Okay? I want you to understand that. I, I want you to, 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 to hear that again so that you understand it. They make their own interests subordinate to the interests of the Muslims as a whole. I want to say that. I'm going to say that one more time. That they make their own interests, right? They subordinate their own interests, their own personal interests, for the interests of the group as a whole, for the Muslims as a whole. Now, when you look into some of what divides us, now I know I, don't, I said I wasn't going to talk about it in depth in detail because that wasn't the point here. But because of this being so strikingly obvious, when you look at that which caused to our disunity and that which caused to a breakdown in our group solidarity, then, of course, is what is individuals putting their own agendas in front of the agenda of what will benefit the Muslims. Now, so whether that be for power, whether that be for fame and popularity, whether that be for money, whatever the case is, because individuals have different motivations and what leads them to put their own personal interests ahead of the interests of the of, of, of the general Muslims. Now, this is what will lead to a breakdown. And this is why we see what we see. But when individuals are able to put their own personal interests to the side. OK. And. They prioritize the interests of the Muslims as a whole, then this is when you will see communities be successful. Now, if you look at the Sahaba, you saw this time and time again, where they'll put their own personal interests to the side for the benefit of the Muslims as a whole, and look what they were able to accomplish. Now, look at those generations that came later on in, in history those who put their own personal interests ahead of the interests of everyone else. It never works. It never works. But it has to be, we have to have that willingness to subordinate ourself for what? For the group, for the Muslims as a whole. Do you understand that? This goes well beyond the concept of what taking one for the team. No, it goes well beyond that. It goes well beyond that. Because it is not an empty gesture or a gesture that just transcends to the level of the admiration that one will get from the quote-unquote team. No. This is what is done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala will reward you for. Okay? So when we look and we're striving to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing that which will bring benefit to the Muslims, when we see this as a priority, when we see this as a goal and as an objective, then you will see our situation start to drastically change. 
But whenever we become so preoccupied with our own personal interests that we put everything else to the side in pursuit of the achievement and attainment of our own personal interests, then you will see us decline as a community. So I just want you to reflect and to think about this, to think about our understanding of the concept of group solidarity, implementation of unity, the establishment of brotherhood, and how much we have striven to foster true brotherhood, true group solidarity, true unity within our own communities. How much have we helped and aided and assisted in the establishment of true brotherhood? And at the same time, it is important for us to reflect on our role against unity, our role in things that we have done that have helped to foster disunity and a breakdown of the cohesion of our group solidarity. It's important that we look at both. How much have we contributed to our downfall and what have we done that contributes to our rise so that we know what to increase and what to cut out and or minimize. So this is just some food for thought with Milahi Ta'ala and some things that I wanted to share with you all today as relates to this concept so that we could move forward by being better and doing better. And Aktafi Bihadal Qadar Usawa Salam Ala Nabiina Muhammad Wana Anihi Wasahbihi Ejimain Wajizakumullahu Khayra.